equip them as they go forward just to meet the needs of those in the community in Mexico, that you would be exalted for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming and for sharing. It is so encouraging to hear what all God is doing in Mexico and the different opportunities that you guys have and that you guys are just maintaining the faith and the, the vision and the purpose that you guys have uh, that God has given you guys. That's so encouraging. Well, traditionally, for Thanksgiving, we have a Thanksgiving message, but... Uh, Today, I don't have a Thanksgiving message uh, because Isaiah preached one about two months ago. So if you want a great message on Thanksgiving, you can find that on, on our YouTube or on our Facebook. And uh, August 29th, you can look that up. You can find that. And it's called Being Thankful. So you can find that if you want a Thanksgiving message. But today, I feel God has something different. Having been on Facebook for a number of years now, I've seen people join, I've seen people leave, I've seen people join and leave and join and leave and join and leave and join and leave. I don't know where they are now, but why is that? Why is it that people join Facebook or social media and cancel their account and then back on it and back off? I think it's because people on social media find a freedom to be mean. Find a freedom to be nasty to other people. There are entire pages and groups dedicated to ranting where you complain with no repercussions. You can complain about a business, a person, uh, something that happened to you. You can complain about a church. You can complain about an organization. You can complain about anything and anyone that you want to. And you don't have to include the other person so they can defend themselves. You just get to rant freely. And that is just so toxic. Complaining is common. Complaining about the weather. It's too hot or it's too cold. It's too dry. It's too wet. Complaining about the service at a restaurant. It's too fast or it's too slow. They're too chatty. They're not chatty enough. We complain about the traffic. We complain about how someone parks their vehicle, especially when we don't have lines in the parking lot. We complain about our kids or our spouse. We complain about the government, and we especially like to complain about the price of gas. There's no end to what we can and will complain about. You might be thinking, Mike, Pastor Mike, I thought you said you weren't going to be preaching about thankfulness, and I'm not. I'm not going to be preaching about thankfulness. I'm going to preach about what we're giving, what we're giving in those situations. We can give more than just thanks. Giving thanks is good and biblical, but the Bible calls us to go even beyond that. So my message today is called More Than than Thanks. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is rich in truth and life. And we expect to find both of those things today as we open up your word. We expect to be encouraged. We expect to also be challenged and to be uh, different after this word. And so, Lord, may it go out. May you use me, Lord God, to, to speak your word today. 
in a powerful and encouraging way. In Jesus' name, amen. And one of the most things I've ever done, and one of the most redneck things I've ever done as well, is destroy a house. Now, don't worry, it was legal. I had permission. Um, it was my mom and dad's house. that They bought the property for the property, not the house. So there was this little old house on there. And, and they, were, they were ready to put their home that they'd purchased on that property. And so they said, Mike... You have one week, take whatever you want out of the house, do whatever you want to the house. So I, I took what was useful, I grabbed a couple things, windows and electrical panel, and, and then my friend and I, we took sledgehammers, we took axes, we took rocks, we took anything that was available, and we just let out our frustrations on this poor little house. And man, was it fun. I had no idea how much stress I was holding until I was holding a sledgehammer. And man, was it fun. I, I just can't emphasize how much fun I had. We, yeah, we destroyed that house. And, uh, and then I found, found out a few years later that the highest job satisfaction is among demolition crews. Well, now I get it. I understand why, because man, was that fun. So although I didn't get to blow up the house like many demolition crews do, I did get to do some substantial damage to it. And it was like, a, yeah, it was a blast. So um, the Bible talks about a time to build up and a time to tear down, right? In Ephesians 3.3, 3, it was time for that old house to be torn down. Although some houses are due to be torn down, no home should be torn down, right? No homes should be torn down. Homes where you live, the people you live with, no homes should be torn down. Because that's true of homes, how much more true should that be of people? No home should be torn down. No people should be torn down. Proverbs 14.1 says, A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Do you build up or do you tear down? Are you wise or are you foolish? Are you building up or blowing up? I can think that we, we can honestly answer, we've done both. We've done both at numerous times in our lives and probably almost every day. We've built up, and we've blown up. Is this true of women only from our verse? Are women the only ones guilty of, of tearing down? No, absolutely not. And is this true of hands only? Can we tear down only with our hands? No, absolutely not. I like that the Bible says that both of these, though, are actions. Building up is an action. Tearing down is an action. Because that's what we are giving in each situation. That's what we are giving to the other person or to the organization or whoever. That's what we're giving. We are either giving things that are productive and that can be used in healthy ways, or we are giving things that are tearing things down. Are you building up or blowing up? Every word we speak, every action that we make is doing one of those two things. 
one of those two things. So we're going to look at the different ways the Bible talks about how we build up. And we want to build others up, right? We want to build others up. We can build up or blow up in what we do. Luke 6, 45 says this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So it's not just a mouth issue. This is a heart issue. This is a heart issue. And so my first point is that building up requires a change in us. Building up requires a change in us. And the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And skip ahead now to verse 29. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. I, I love the, the mirror of, of these images, of, of these verses, 22 through 24 and 29. They're basically saying the same thing, just using different words. 22 says, Your former way of life, your old self, which can, is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. We parallel that with, in verse 29, unwholesome talk. Unwholesome talk is part of the former way of life. It's part of our old self, which is corrupted. And verse 23 and 24 says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And in verse 29 it says, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Speaking those wholesome words that build others up is part of acting in the new self. They're the same. We are acting out of our flesh, our old corrupted selves, when we let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. We are acting out of our new self created to be like God when we build others up with our words, when we build others up with our actions according to their needs. The Bible also says that once we give our lives to Christ, that we are new creations in Christ, created for good works. As believers, as Christians, we're created for good works. That's our purpose. Are you building up or blowing up? Building up requires a change in us. In fact, it requires a new us. And that's why Jesus came to give us new life. Because there's no point in refix, rebuilding. There wasn't any point in fixing that old house. We need to put a new one. My parents needed to put a new house on. And we need to be new creations in Christ. So number two, my point is building up requires 
Intentionality. It requires intentionality. Speaking only what is helpful for building others up is not an easy thing to do, but it's something that we need to be deliberate to do, something we need to be intentional to do. We can't stumble upon building something. You can't just shake a Lego box and pull out a masterpiece. You can't just accidentally build something up. No, you can accidentally tear something down. You can accidentally destroy something and really hurt someone. But you can't accidentally build something up. You know, just like this world and all that we see was was intentionally designed by an intelligent designer. We have to be purposeful to build up. We need to be purposeful to seek out and to encourage and to build others up. This kind of complexity doesn't accidentally happen. A few years ago, Kristen and I bought a a bed from Ikea. It was in five boxes. We barely fit it all into our little SUV. We got it home, and I put it in the bedroom that it was going to be built in and stayed in. Do you know, I left it for three weeks before I got to it, and it didn't build itself. It didn't accidentally get built. I had to purposefully set time aside and configure out from pictures how to build this thing. But I had to be intentional. We have to be intentional to build up. We can't accidentally build others up. Are you building up or blowing up? Building others up requires intentionality. As with everything in life, we can only work on ourselves. And a lot of time we make those internal excuses saying, you know what, I'm going to start building others up when they start building me up. We wait, and we wait, and we wait. Because you know what, we live in a fallen world, folks. And if we're going to wait for the fallen world, and even people that are still believers, but struggling. If we wait for everybody else to do everything perfectly for us first, we're going to wait a long time. We need to initiate. We need to be the starters here. We need to build others up first. And the third thing that I want to say about building up is that building up requires honor. We need to honor others if we're to build them up. If we don't honor them, we're not going to want to or care to build them up. We're going to look at them as inconsequential. We're going to say, who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I don't care about them. We need to honor others. Honor almost sounds like an outdated word, almost sounds like it's an archaic word, doesn't it? And I think it's becoming more and more less common it, it needs to not be common here. It needs to be normalized in the church. We need to normalize honor. And I'll tell you, when, when people in the community see that, man, people at Living Hope are honoring everybody. They're honoring me in my job, even though I don't even like my job. But they're honoring me in my job. That's going to change everything. That will change everything. As a society, we're more familiar with saying your honor in a courtroom setting than we are with giving and receiving honor. We're more familiar with as a society, we're quick to pick someone apart 
more quicker than we are to praise them. We're more quick to blow up on their character, their reputation, their outfit, or their profile than we are to build them up. Society gossips. Society grumbles. Society places blame on others. Society holds grudges. Society steals honor from others. Society cancels people, organizations, companies, statues, books, and more. You see, society doesn't have what we have. Society doesn't have Jesus. Society doesn't understand because they don't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But we do. We do know. So you see, that list is characteristic of society, void of Christ, void of the kingdom of God. But we are people of the way. We are people of the kingdom of God. That's why point number one, that building up requires a new us. The Bible is so clear that we need to give honor. We need to give honor to everyone, regardless of what they do, who they are, what they say, We are to honor everyone. Instead of gossiping about others or sticking our nose where it doesn't belong, we will honor everyone and not talk about them behind their backs or dig up dirt on them. Estevan is pretty terrible for gossip. And I'm sure you've been on the receiving end of of at least a dozen or two uh, unsavory rumors and things and lies told about you. As a society, we're not doing well. But you know what? As a church, we can. We can do well. Instead of grumbling and complaining about someone, we will pray for them. We will honor them because, sorry, let me make a clarification. We'll pray for them to be blessed, (laughs) not pray for them to be changed, okay? We'll pray for them to be blessed. That's different. And in praying a blessing over someone, we're honoring them. Instead of holding a mistake or over someone who's hurt you or us, holding on to a grudge for days, weeks, or years, we'll honor them by forgiving them. We will normalize honor. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Just like love is to be characteristic of Christians, we are to be known by our love. Jesus said, they will know you by your love. We're also to be known by our honor. Honor one another above yourselves. I love the way the ESV translates this verse. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. That's a really neat challenge. I love that. I love that because that is the heart of giving in the kingdom of God. Isn't that the way God started our relationship? Your relationship with him is that he loved us first. He honored us first. He gave us his image first. And now we get to respond in like manner and to honor those that are beside us that are before us, that are behind us, everyone that is around us. That is how the kingdom of God gives. kingdom of God gives honor. 
Just like the ESV words that we should be trying to one-up each other. We should be trying to outdo each other in giving honor. Of course, we must be sincere and never sarcastic when we're giving honor. If you're slightly sarcastic, at all sarcastic, it's going to not go over well, and that's not giving honor. But we need to be sincere. And if we can be specific, that's even better. If we can pull out something specific to that person, and we can say, you know what? I really appreciate how you do this. And they'll, they'll be taken aback because they'll recognize, yeah, I do do that, yeah. And that you made, you intentionally made a compliment to encourage and to honor them. They'll recognize that. They'll know that you took time to think of a specific compliment to encourage and honor them. Let's note what's not said again is that we don't need to wait. We will be the initiators. We will initiate honor with others. We won't wait to feel honored. We won't wait to feel loved. We will be the initiators. Here's a quick list of different ways that we can honor other people. Remember that they're made in the image of God. Listen when they're talking. Smile at them. Look at them when they're talking. Acknowledge their contributions or their growth. Speak kindly to them. Be compassionate to their struggles. Forgive them and don't bring up their mistakes. Be respectful. Serve them. Ask them questions about them. Be open to them. Join them for activities and invite them to join you. Have them over for a coffee or a meal. Pray for them. Give them a gift. Buy them a chocolate bar. Don't assume unhealthy motives or thoughts. Defer to them in their strengths. If you know that they're really good at something and you're struggling in it, hey, can I, can I get you to do this? I know you're so good at this. Would you mind doing this? Pay them compliments behind their backs, not complaints. Keep your word with others and don't lie. This is just a really quick list, folks. Are we building up or blowing up? When you honor others, you're following the footsteps of some amazing people in the Bible. Joseph, who refused to dishonor Mary and to divorce her when he had every right to. Just because we have every right to do something doesn't mean we should. Joseph had every right to divorce Mary because she was uh, raising a child. She was pregnant with a child that wasn't his. And yet he didn't dishonor her. He chose to honor her and to stay with her. You're following the footsteps of David who refused to take Saul's life even though he had many opportunities. He had opportunity to kill the man who wanted to kill him. And he didn't. He didn't touch the Lord's anointed. You're following the footsteps of Joseph who refused to sleep with his boss's wife. Joseph would not sleep with Potiphar's wife. He honored Potiphar. He honored Potiphar's wife by not doing that. We're following the footsteps of Job who would not curse God and die. Even though so many things, pretty well everything was taken from him except his own life. He would not curse God and die. 
however you outdo others in honoring them, make sure it's sincere. Do your best to make it specific. And you'll soon find people will respond in positive ways. People will respond in positive ways. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. In honoring others, we're actually calling out the potential that they have. In honoring others, we are speaking into who they were created to be. We're calling out the potential in them by honoring them. And there's a lot, you know, that you can never do wrong. You can never do wrong in honoring others. You can never do wrong in calling out that potential to fruition. At Living Hope, we will create a culture of honor for all people. And let's watch how it transforms not just this church, but that will transform this community. Tara, if I can get you to close by playing on the piano, please. I just want to close in, in prayer and just, I know it's a short message, but it's not without significance. Culture needs to not be something that we just talk about, that we just read about. Honor needs to be part of our culture. We need to be purposeful, though, to build it. We need to be intentional to build others up. And that starts right here, and that starts with us. If you could please stand, we're going to close. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much that you honored us first, that you loved us first. You gave us your image. You loved us, and you sent your son to die for us while we were still sinners. You honored us by creating a way where there was no way. You honored us by creating us. And Lord, we want to honor you in everything that we do. We want to honor others in how we act, how we talk, how we think, Lord God. And to do that, we need you. We need you. So Lord, would you help us to recognize a, a thought or an action that would, would be dishonoring, that would tear others down before we say it, before we do it. Would you give us that check, Lord God, it says in your word that there is a way out of every temptation. Lord, would we choose that way? Would we choose that way? In Jesus' name, amen. If you came here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can in just three steps. Recognize that you're not perfect. That's all of us. Not a single one of us is perfect, but Jesus Christ did live that perfect, sinless life for you to give you the opportunity to, the second step is receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. As you receive him, you make him Lord of your life, which is the third step is relinquish control. Say, Jesus, 
You have control of my life. Do with me what you will. If you want to do that today, please come and talk to me. I'd love to help you start your journey with Jesus. If there are those that uh, on the prayer team, if you could come forward now. And uh, we want to pray. We always want to pray for people. We want to honor you and pray with you and pray for you and to see what God will do in your life. And so if you have any prayer needs at all, anything at all, if you have a medical need, if you have a financial need, a spiritual need, a physical need, we would love to pray with you and to see what God will do today. He created you and he can do anything for you. And he wants to do good things for you. So if you have any prayer need, please come forward. These lovely prayer folk would love to pray for you and to see God move in your life. We're going to close the service now, but I want you to know God loves you. God honors you. And we will honor each other. Have yourself a wonderful week. God bless you. There's coffee and there's snacks out in the foyer. And there's people out there that you can honor and that they're going to try to outdo and honor you. Have yourself a great week. Happy Thanksgiving and God bless you. Jesus Christ.